0: about his 40-day fast. So I want you, Vlad, if you'd open up with talking about the 40-day fast you did. You know, how was that? How did you go through that? What did you learn from it? I know everyone wants to know about it. Um, just maybe open up by talking about the 40-day fast that you did last year.
1: Yeah, so well, 40-day fast is not something that everyone should do or... Something that everybody can do Um, I do believe that it's something That the Lord leads people into I don't think it's something That you can lead yourself into It's not something that you can watch Somebody do it And it's like Oh, I just want to fast for 40 days Um, That desire will really pretty much die after about second week and then after that if you're not led by the Lord I really feel like that you won't be able to complete it unless mm. you really have this very strong sheer discipline um, and secondly there's a health components to it that um, that some people actually don't make it 40 days uh, physically and so I think if you're not led by the Lord you shouldn't do it I wasn't planning for a 40 day fast <laughs> I wasn't preparing for a 40 day fast because usually people tell you, you know, prepare with like a 20 day fast and do 30 days. None of that stuff. I simply, our church was doing a 20, 21 day fast last year as most churches do. And, uh, and I actually haven't done a 21 day fast. Wow. Uh, so last year, um, on the seventh or fifth day, of the 21-day fast, and I'll be honest with you, I was scared of going into an extended fasting without food, partially because prior to that, 10 years before that, so now it's 11 years or 12 years ago, um, I attempted that, and I started to faint, um, I, would, of course, my problem was that I took hot showers on like 16th or 15th day. So like too much hot water, you're, you're dehydrated. And so I collapsed in the shower. And, um, after that, I was like, man, this is a sign I need to quit. So I quit. I stopped the fast because I also physically, I, I, I weighed very little. And so uh, my body, you know, didn't have much uh, cushion and insulation (laughs) to protect me and to, to help me. And so, and ever since then, for 10, 11 years, I've never once attempted or even thought of doing an extended fast. And partially I've developed this fear that if I go longer or if I go into extended, I will die. And so, um when we were doing a 21-day fast, the Lord dealt with that fear. And He says, I want you to go beyond what's familiar. I want you to go beyond what you're comfortable with. And He's he reminding me of the verse in Exodus chapter 3, where it says that Moses, he went far into the desert. Wow. And there he encountered the fire. And so, I really felt as I go, if I'll go far, and I felt the Lord beckoning me, wooing me, not commending me, but like drawing me in and say, hey, Come. And I found the Lord says, if you will come far into the desert after me, then I will reveal myself in a fresh new way. And so I made a decision, we will do 21 day fast with the church. And instead of doing the Daniel fast, I'm just going to do, um, you know, the full uh, full fast just on water. And so uh, fifth day into it or sixth day into it, I was in California with uh David Diga Hernandez uh, on his Holy Spirit conference. And. I remember it like yesterday, it was Saturday night, uh, Pastor Benihin was speaking and before he even got up on the stage it was worship. I was on my knees, I was just, just worshiping, I didn't have to minister so I was really receiving. Um, it was past that time where you know you have headaches and all of this stuff so it was really like, I was feeling really good physically and I just Felt the Holy Spirit brought up the verse in the Bible where it says that Jesus fasted for forty days and afterwards angels ministered to him and he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, and I sensed that the Lord, my my Savior, my example, before he went into ministry, you know, he was already filled with the Holy Spirit. He was already led by the Holy Spirit. He already received the affirmation. So he wasn't going into an extended fast to fish for affirmation or find his identity. He already knew who he was. Uh, that was clearly evident at the River Jordan. And so out of that place, and he already had certain level of exposure, meaning John the Baptist said, this is the Lamb of God. And yet he goes into the fasting for 40 days. And so, and I really just had this strong impression. It was like as clear as, I mean, I felt like it was God clearly stating to me. He says, hey, whatever you've had up to now has been just this, this pretty much nothing. What I want to do is I want to launch you into ministry, but I want you to do it my way. And this is what I felt it was for me. I want you to lay a foundation for the ministry and I want you to do what your Savior did when he was in the flesh. As I want you to go to a 40-day fast. And that just, the number 40 just dropped. And I received this faith. I received this desire. I received this commitment to the point that right there on my knees, I made a decision that I would die. But I will not quit a 40 day fast. I mean it's it's as clear as wow. like that resolution came in. And so um I got up, I told my <coughs> excuse me, I told my wife, I said, babe, I'm gonna go for 40. And she's like, 40, what? And I said, I'm gonna, you know, go fast for 40. She's like, You haven't finished, you know, 21 day yet. And I'm like, I know, but I, I heard from God and so and she saw it in my eyes that something just changed, something shifted in me. And so um I completed that that week and then next week i get this is this is crazy i get an invite to go speak to ukraine now i have never spoken in the ukraine as a speaker i visited ukraine that's the country I, I grew up in. That's the country I was born in. And so this mega church, large church, invites me to go to Ukraine. And of course, I say no, because I'm I'm going to be fasting. It's going to be the middle of the fast and traveling. Time change. It's a different language. I don't practice Ukrainian language. And so I said no, but my pastor, who is my uncle, he fasted 40 days before and he worked on construction. So he tells wow. me he's like just go don't worry about it. Come on. And so because he tells me, you know, I'm just like you Isaiah, I you know, I have a a spiritual mentor that I submit to and so I took that as I'll be I'll be fine. And so my hardest time for this fast came on the airplane. The people who invited us somebody else covered the tickets and so for the first time in my life I actually f- flew first class and I did not know what first class was on international flights. I did not know they have warm meals. I did not know that they like have coffee and all of this stuff. And so they come in and they offer like warm meal and it's my 21st day. And so, um, it was, it was so tempting. I cannot like mentally. I was way up in the air.
0: It doesn't count.
1: I'm not on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. So part of me was like, if I eat this, I know I'm going to physically probably uh, spend the rest of eight hours in the bathroom Yeah. because you know, if, on 20th day, if you eat meats or anything heavy, uh, I mean, you're, you're pretty much, you can be, you can damage your stomach. And then the other part is like, man, somebody paid for these tickets. Uh, I mean, this is my first time in like ever flying in the first class and... And so, um, but I I opened the book of martyrs. I I bought a book of martyrs. I opened that book and my wife is eating food and I'm eating how people are being killed for Christ (laughs) for eight hours straight. And um, the Lord gave me the strength. I end up in Ukraine and a pastor uh, who invited me there, he takes about 30 minutes to convince me how I should break the fast and God will bless me more. Literally, it was like, it was like temptation. Come on. I mean, he's, he's a we bishop. Mind you he's saying,
0: get behind me, Narski. No,
1: I know, and I'm, back of my head, I was like, get behind me, devil. I mean, I know it's not the devil, but he's telling me all these stories, how people fasted out of like, trying to prove something. And I'm, I'm literally standing there confused because I'm like, man, this guy I respect. It's a mega church. I honor this pastor. And he's telling me all these stories. And, but deep inside, I, I knew that, this is what the Lord led me to do and it has nothing to do with anybody. And it has nothing to do with to prove anything. I, it wasn't do it to cross off anything. I didn't have a goal in my life to fast for 40 days. It was just simply what the Lord led me. He gave me the strength to finish all the three days of, uh, preaching. And then right after that, I, we flew back and, and through God's strength, uh, He gave me the strength to finish, uh, that. And most of that fast, I would say toward the last two weeks, it wasn't the physical. I mean, I lost a lot of weight. I was skinny. I I was afraid to show you myself. Lost what, in 40 the pounds. Yeah, I lost 40 pounds, and wow. like on me, within after 20 days, I look like like wow. literally like I haven't eaten for like three years, and so I lose weight very quickly if I go fasting, and so it's very evident, and um and so but the Lord has given me strength, and I was able to finish it, and I actually finished it at the conference in. Uh, florida so I, I preached uh right after i finished the fast i preached literally a few hours later um, uh, and so i declined that invitation as well because the moment i know i knew the lord led me to, to fast i tried to get out of that commitment but i already promised and so um, i spoke there the lord definitely used that and honestly like so much stuff happened afterwards with my ministry personally like things just exploded i mean um uh, partners wise influence wise um come on uh, the amount of stuff that I started to re- the, the amount of people that the things that I had before started to release and shortly after you know Isaiah you came into uh, my house and then you know you started to speak in the whole YouTube thing and and really got I really start seeing and I'm not saying that this is crediting fasting what I'm saying is that it's about obedience. For me, it's, it's nothing to do about sacrifice. It's about Say obedience. It. And so, um, so I would recommend if there's somebody watching and you kind of have a desire, if the Lord gives you the leading, then he will give you the strength. He will That's give good. you the strength. Number 40 is a number of cleansing in the Bible. You know, Elijah, Moses, and Jesus fasted for 40 days. And it's interesting, Isaiah, because on the Mount of Transfiguration, all the three guys were together. Mm, all the three guys who were fasting good. 40 days were on the mount. I'm not saying there's some kind of an insight there where like if you fast 40 days, you'll be with Elijah and Moses. Uh, most likely you'll be, you know, fighting temptation and with burgers and, and French fries and trying to order cookbooks and all of this stuff. But what helped me when I recall that is is really during the season of of fasting, I avoided listening to sermons that did not lead to crucified life. Mm. And so that like really, and I always encourage people when you're fasting, listen to sermons on sacrifice, on. the cross, um, death, like pretty much because that's what you're going through. The moment you're listening to like positive stuff, like a happy, um, more, and I'm not saying that stuff is bad, but during fasting, you really need to feed what whatever God is working out at that time in your life. And so, um, and the biggest thing for me was to get out. I was really praying that God will give me the grace to exit the fast in a way that I will not develop any problems. Because I know people who exit the fast and they develop ulcers in mm. their stomach after 40-day fast. Um, I heard of a story of one pastor 40, uh, fasted for 40 days and then he ate a little bit of meat and he died. Yeah, literally right after that. And so I knew that there could be a damage to my physical body. Or secondly, I could actually die if I don't take it very carefully. But by the time you get to about 40 days, not not to over-spiritualize it, but you become so sensitive to the spirit realm. I even knew that looking at something, that if, if that will come close to my mouth, what it will do to my body. And so I would mm. just literally... Um, some juices and then some chicken broth and then some three days later i ate something a little bit heavier and then only about five six days later i ate some fish and some meat and so thankfully i didn't suffer any um uh, any consequences from that or any repercussions from that and so uh by god's grace i was able to complete it and um and honestly now like you know our church is doing a 21 day fast and 21 day i mean it feels long but compared to what I was going through, it, it's, it feels like it's going to be a kick walk.
0: That's so powerful. And Vlad, during that 40 days or during these long fasts that you're doing, is there, I mean, this might sound like a dumb question here, but everyone keeps asking in the chat. Was there a nearness you feel with God? Is there something you feel spiritually? Are your eyes more in tune? Are your ears more in tune to what God is speaking? Do you feel like that barrier between the natural and the supernatural is, is thinner to where you could connect better with God? Or What, what was the feeling like spiritual-wise, or was it just
1: felt the same as you usually feel? no definitely it's, it becomes i this is what i say about fasting fasting is feasting on god mm. uh, after about 3 4 days um the food uh headaches um you know your tiredness dizziness uh, like your moodiness all of that stuff kind of wears off uh, your body becomes a lot more sharper your mind becomes a lot more sharper your body actually has this um, weird energy that you don't know what it's coming from, Um, your time with the Lord, um, your sensitivity um, becomes it goes to a different level there's a sense of like cleansing and detoxing that takes place with your soul and with your spirit toward god and it creates a domino effect you want to pray more you want to read more uh, we started all night prayer meetings during the 40-day fast um, at the church you know i started to spend more time in prayer but it's not only spending more time in prayer it's the quality of that prayer That's time good. there's a sense of like lightness and sense of heaviness at the same time heaviness of like the glory of God and the lightness of like there's nothing in me left lord you know pretty much all i want is you i want nothing else i i would rather die than not have you and we say those words but when you actually come close to that and so the the reason for the fasting or the reason why we do the fasting, and I heard this this morning, actually. It really touched me. Um, I mean, I've studied about fasting, read about fasting. I actually wrote a devotional that's going to be released uh, sometime this year, released an e-course and pre-sermons. But today, I received like a fresh revelation. And this was uh, another pastor that was sharing concerning fasting from the scripture where Jesus says to his disciples, after they couldn't cast out a demon out of the boy who had epileptic seizures. And Jesus tells them, he says that, perverse and unbelieving generation Uh, he's he's pretty much saying hey this couldn't happen because of the perverse and unbelieving generation and then he starts talking about how to solve the problem of unbelief and perversion unbelief deals with lack of connection to god Mm. and perversion deals with too much connection to the world and jesus gives the solution afterwards and he says this he says this kind Meaning there are challenges, there are seasons, there are things in life that cannot be conquered without these two things. Prayer, which reinforces your connection to God. And fasting, which breaks that connection with the world. And so the problem disciples faced is that perverseness and unbelief. Perverseness is when you're too much connected to the world. It doesn't have to be with food. It it could be with social media. It could be with media. It could be with just just things of this world. And food is the basic need that we get from this world because the ground produces food and we depend on it at least three times a day. And so when you begin to disconnect yourself from the things that you were too connected to and then connect yourself closer to the things that you were loosely connected to, something begins to happen. You begin to break barriers in your own walk with christ you begin to break i really believe you begin to break barriers in the spirit realm over your life into the things that god has for you that you couldn't tap into it's almost like god closed the door but he gave you the key and the key is prayer and fasting you remember uh, hannah the bible says that you know the lord closed her womb not the devil not generational curses but the lord closed the womb and then she walked away from the feast She wept and she offered a sacrifice, meaning, Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him to you. And then God did something. He actually unlocked the very womb that he closed. Because sometimes a closed door is not a sign that God doesn't want you to go through it. It's just a sign. You need to find your keys. And the best two keys are prayer and fasting.
0: So good. And one thing I wanted to touch on as well is many people aren't, don't fast or are not fasting because they're waiting on a confirmation from Jesus. They're saying, Lord, Ooh. I'll fast if you speak to me. I'll fast if you tell me you want me to do a fast. But one thing I want you guys to note is that we don't need confirmation to do anything. That Jesus did. If Jesus healed the sick, you don't need a prophetic word. You don't need gold dust to come onto you. You don't need to find a feather. You don't need to... All you need to do is realize if Jesus did it, then I'm called to do it. Same thing with casting out demons. If Jesus cast out demons, then I cast out demons. If Jesus... Separated himself unto prayer, went off to pray, then I'm called to separate myself from the distractions, from the mm-hmm. vices, from the gadgets, the gizmos, all the glitter and glam that's always shouting at me all day long in Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Separate myself to go to prayer. Now did Jesus fast? Yes. So if Jesus fasted, we should fast. If it was, and this is what I always think, Vlad, is if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good Lord. enough for us. And if you look Lord. at something, you touched on two very important points in the life of Jesus happened right before he started his ministry. The first point was he got full of the Holy spirit. And this is something believers are making an option. Oh, if you want to get full of the Holy spirit, we don't really have to, you know, but this was something Jesus didn't give himself an option. The disciples didn't have an option. Jesus said, wait until you receive the Holy spirit. So that was required. So full being full of the Holy spirit. And then second was before he launches his ministry, you alluded and touched on this, he does a 40 day fast. And during that time, he has a direct confrontation with Satan and comes mm-hmm. out of that confrontation victorious. And I wonder yeah. how many people in the chat, there's over 3000 watching right now, are having confrontations with demonic spirits and Satan and not being victorious because they don't live that fasted lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you gotta get to a place, chat, where you're tired of not being victorious over the devil, not being victorious over attacks, mm-hmm. not being victorious over demonic spirits. So what fasting does is it gets you ready to overcome temptation, to overcome demonic powers. It mm-hmm. empowers you to walk in the power of the Holy spirit. If you even go to book of acts, which I'm all about right now, cause I'm teaching on it right mm-hmm. as you know, I'm in this time of, where I'm teaching on it. They were always prayer and fasting. Prayer and Mm -hmm. fasting. Prayer and fasting. And then God moved. There's results. So there are things I would, I would say this safely biblically that you can get in fasting that you can't get anywhere else. There are Mm -hmm. breakthroughs that are reserved for those that are willing to shut their mouth, because that's actually what fasting means, to shut their mouth and say, Lord, I'm not going to eat of this world. I'm not going to take on the pleasures of this world. I'm not going to take on. And I want to even point out this. I feel like something God showed me today when I was studying is not only when you fast are you not eating. So the time that you spend eating, I want many of you to be challenged this year to spend that time with God. So now that you're Mm -hmm. fasting the three times a day, which, you know, some people could end up eating an hour and a half, two hours a day. Some of you eat slow some of you, but think about this. Not only are you spending, say, an hour and a half to eat, depending on how you eat, with the meal you prepare mm-hmm. could be longer, but how much time do we spend thinking about food? So that time that you're thinking okay. about, a lot of people spend more time thinking about eating than they actually do eating. And so I feel like God is saying to us tonight, mm. spend the time that you are eating now with me and spend the time that you are thinking about food, thinking about mm. things of heaven, think thinking about mm. things that are wholesome and things above. Mm. So this is a clear point to make. Fasting is essential if you want to overcome demonic powers. Fasting is essential if you want to be victorious over Satan. Now, we know, me and Vlad teach all the time on spiritual warfare. There is an adversary of our soul. There is an enemy of the people of God. There's a real... Demonic kingdom set up against us. Ephesians, we are in a cosmic wrestling match against, Mm -hmm. the Bible says, persons with no Mm -hmm. bodies. That's what the, Mm -hmm. that's what the, um, living translation says. So we're fighting persons with no bodies. We're fighting personalities, demonic spirits, principalities, Mm -hmm. powers, rulers of darkness, and we want to gain victory over them. There's Mm -hmm. no leader or pastor in the world that is not opposed by Satan, that's doing the Mm -hmm. will of God. Okay, let me make that clear. There's some that are just throwing beach balls around at the conference and the devil could care less. But real pastors, real teachers that are doing the will of God, friend, you have to understand the devil is opposing us. And so I... Isaiah Saldivar, I was thinking about this the other day. I need all the tools I can get. I need all the firepower I can get. I need all the anointing, the power, the fire, whatever tool I can get to overcome the fiery darts of the enemy. I need that. I was even, had this weird thought yesterday driving. Like I was driving and I was thinking like, man, God, I don't ever want to get to a place and I had this sobering, it wasn't really an encounter. It was just this thought. Like I don't ever want to get to a place where I have to get on here and post and say, Hey guys, I gotta take a year off because something happened and I got attacked or I came under a mm. spirit of depression or a spirit of suicide or mm. a spirit of anxiety attacked me and now I have to go to a men- and this is pastors this happens to pastors all the time. Yeah. Vlad, guys we know that we ran hard with. I have pastor friends that I preach yeah. for and I've watched them fall to sexual immorality, fall to depression, fall to suicide. Wow. I'm talking guys I know personally, mm-hmm. and I'm going, Lord, I don't I don't ever wanna be that. I don't ever wanna open the door to these demonic powers where they're gonna bring me down like they brought down Elijah. I mean, one girl brings down Elijah with one threat that he never even meets Jezebel. She makes Mm -hmm. one threat and God says, get up Elijah, go pass on your anointing, your assignment is done. I mean, after your greatest victory. So I I was like, Lord, I wanna make sure that there's safeguards in my life. I wanna make sure I'm doing everything Mm -hmm. that I can do to gain victory over Satan. So if fasting is one of those things that I need in my life to gain victory over Satan, guys, I'm telling you, and again, I'm not here preaching doomsday. Well, maybe I am. I'm not here to try to freak you out, but I really feel that we're going into a tough time in this world, in the kingdom of God, that we are going into a time of of warfare. We're going into a time of confusion in the world. We're in the most weird times that have ever existed. And I really feel that this year, and one of the things I didn't give a word, you know, a word for the year, I I felt the Lord saying, don't give a word for the year, but I'll tell you one thing going into this year, there is a really eerie sense in my spirit that the church is not prepared for what's coming and that God is raising up right now warriors in these last days that mm-hmm. are going to fight back against the king- the kingdoms of this world and the Come kingdoms on. of darkness. So I think, Vlad, going into the year that we're going into, going into the time mm-hmm. that we're going into, and you guys can go in December 2022 and say, "Hey, you were false. You weren't right. Everything was good this year. Everything was fine. But I believe going into the time that we're going into this year, as times get worse, as the Bible said they will, Mm -hmm. fasting is not going to become an option any longer. Somebody needs to write that in the chat. Fasting will no longer be an option. Like, Oh, do I want to fast? Cause everybody else is fasting for the year, but now it's going to be, I will not survive without prayer and fasting. Like Mm -hmm. literally I won't survive the Christian life if I don't begin to fast. So I want to challenge all of you that are going like, Lord, I need you to speak a word to me of what I should fast or what I should do. Listen to the voice of God and go after God because food for many of you is pleasure It's a getaway, Mm -hmm. it's sustenance, it's comfort, it's your refuge, it's Uh your place of shelter, it's your Mm -hmm. getaway, like this food is like, You know, everybody knows that story where you go, the, some, we, we preached on this on church on Sunday and, um, the person preaching said like, you know, the famous story of the girl that goes to a breakup and she goes to the store and she buys a tub of ice cream. Like Everybody knows that story, right? That's an old school. Mm -hmm. She's eating the tub of ice cream guy or girl, but really that's how the world paints food. It's this place of comfort. And so when you're fasting, you don't have that. You can't go to that place of pleasure. You don't, you can't go to that place. So where do you go? that's where you go to God and God becomes what food is to you. Because for many of you, God can't be your refuge because donuts are your refuge. And I'm not even being Mm. facetious or funny when I say this, God can't be your strong tower because your favorite Mexican food, or your favorite Chinese food, or, and guys, you might say, don't be dramatic, but guys, you think about this. You're up in bed at night. Come on. Am I, help me somebody. And you're like, what am I going to get tomorrow? What am I going to eat? And this might be coffee, energy drinks. Come on. I'm preaching to myself Mm. here. Like, when am I going to get my next energy drink? When am I going to get my coffee? When am I going to get my soda? Maybe it's diet Coke. Come on. Where are you guys at? in the chat and you think about it you dwell on it and then it's like when that soda or that energy drink or that coffee hits your lips there is a sense of peace there's a sense Dude. of refuge a sense of joy and god is going i'm actually jealous of that i'm actually jealous wow. that you rush to starbucks you wait and i used to work at starbucks and i remember vlad people waiting 30 to 40 minutes in the drive through and they would get to my to my drive through and they would say i'm going to be late for work and my response was then why did you get in line a 40 minute line for coffee but it was a drug it was and our mm-hmm. machines would break And I never forget when our machines at Starbucks would break, people would have mental breakdowns. I'm not lying. I would get cussed out, yelled at. People would go all out rage because they couldn't get their drug. They couldn't get their coffee. They couldn't get. And again, I'm not saying don't drink coffee, guys. It's a drug. But literally caffeine is an actual statistically, It's an actual drug. You get dependent on it. And so these are things that we run to. When God is saying, during this time of fasting, I want you to run to me. Don't run to Krispy Kreme. Run to Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Don't run to Chick-fil-A. Run to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the Bible. Wow. Read the scripture. Run to the word of God. Run to prayer. And I believe that God is going to wean you off of looking for food as your pleasure, looking for food as mm-hmm. your sustenance, looking for food as your gateway. And
1: mm-hmm. I believe,
0: lad, there's going to be a holy dependence on God in the season for many people listening tonight.
1: You know, Isaiah, when I was uh, last year... On our flight to to the Ukraine, Um, you know, we flew first class and somebody covered uh, uh, that flight and it was my first time experiencing what that felt like, you know, they actually have a bed in the first class. Like, wow. you can sleep, yes, sleep Lord, on I it. I receive it. Yeah, and like, they give you like, I mean, the, the stuff there, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, make it all sound jealous for, for anybody here. But I was like, I never knew when I flew international, there's another world within the same plane, same pilot, same mm, airplane.
0: That's good. Different
1: experience based on one thing. Had nothing to do with race, had nothing to do with age, and had nothing to do with color. It had to do with one one thing, the price people were willing to pay. That's a good message, man. And so when I was there, I was thinking, and I really, even when I was fasting, I said, Lord, you know, if in Christ there's the 57th row by a crying child and a toilet... <laughs> Come on. And in, in Christ, okay, no offense to, uh, crying children or 57th row by the toilet, okay, so I'm just using, cause I've said by 57th rows yes. many times. And so, and in Christ, there's also, you can live your Christian life in the first class. You don't have to fly first class, but you can live your Christian life in the first class, walking in signs and wonders, walking in the power of God, Come on. walking in your, in your heart, burning for Jesus, in your heart, being captured by the Lord, loving Jesus, really loving Jesus, not just talking about it, not just dreaming, not just always talking Come about on, your good God. old days and simply have nothing. Your your best days were behind you and your first love was always when you were 16 or when you were 15. But I'm talking about actually having your best year spiritually. And that's what I made a decision last year. I didn't make a decision to fast, but I did. I, I cried out to God and I said, Lord, I've had a really good years financially. I've had really good years in the ministry. But to be honest, Lord, I can't say that the year before was the best year spiritually for me. I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about the books. I'm not talking about speaking engagements, YouTube algorithm, uh, ministry. I'm talking about me personally. I do remember a year where things were better and I'm not just saying this because you know memory and you kind of remember only things in the past but but really and so when I started to pray for that and looking back at last year I could genuinely say that it was spiritually my best year going into this year I know that God goes from glory to glory come on and that's my prayer my prayer this year um is not I want to have the best year financially, uh, even in the ministry. I took a break right now from traveling pretty much for the remaining of 12 months. And partially is yes to dedicate more time to ministry, but also to dedicate more time to growing in God. I do Good. not want the ministry to outgrow Vlad. I want to keep growing. I want to be, I want to be competing because I know the ministry is growing. I know God is growing his grace through us. But I say, Lord, as an individual, as a Christ follower, I want to live my Christian life in the first class, not on the 57th Mm. row. And I realized that the secret or the price for the first class Christianity, and there's just one thing, and it's called the cross. Wow. You You can either live carnal or you can live crucified. But there's really no middle ground. And so most of us as Christians, we tend to live as carnal Christians. We're still Christians. We're still going to heaven. We just live On the 57th row. We don't have the same experience. And and sometimes we're wondering. We're like, man, but I... But it's it's the same Jesus that the other person has. It seems like, oh, Vlad, or maybe somebody else, or, you know, sometimes that's how I looked at other people, and I said, man, they, they just must have been born with like a golden spoon. They've just been born with this passion for Jesus wow. Christ, not realizing that your desire for spiritual things grows with the use. So if you read the Bible, you want to read the Bible. If you don't read the Bible, you don't want to read the Bible. And so spiritual people, people who are deeper in God, whatever that is supposed to mean, they're simply people. Who pay the price that we sometimes are afraid of paying? And I love what one time Ben Fitzgerald said in our church. I don't know if he actually coined that quote. He said that Jesus is worthy of everything you're afraid of losing, and that just ministered mm. to me that Jesus is worthy of everything you're afraid of losing. And so, even some of you who are watching this right now, and it's Tuesday, you know, and most of the churches, and if. Most of the churches started on second week of January. Um, I want to encourage you, if you didn't make a decision to fast, but you were thinking, hey, why don't you just join? That's good. Starting today and just pretty much jump on the wagon and just just ride this way with us. Why don't you make this year your best year spiritually by joining the fast movement? Now, we're not pushing you. We're not compelling you, but we are drawing you in. And this is not about fasting. This is, and I'm just going to quickly read a few things about fasting. I Good. kind of wrote down for today it. as I was preparing for it. Number one is fasting is about feasting. Remove the idea that, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to be hungry. Yeah, you're going to be hungry for a little bit. But you. the secret to every revival is hunger. Mm. The secret to spiritual hunger is physical hunger. So the secret to every revival is hunger. And the secret to spiritual hunger a lot of times is physical hunger. And so spiritual Fasting is feasting on the word of God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, the following. It says this, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger. So he speaks to Israel. And fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor your fathers know, that he might make you to know that the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Israel went through season of hunger. And God says, I made you to hunger. Why? So I can change your appetites and so that I can change your source of food. So you will understand you are not a body. You are a spirit who live and you have a soul and you live in the body and fasting helps to snap that soulish carnal thing. After a while you begin to realize that your real you does not need a burger. It does not need a sandwich. It needs the word of God. And a lot of times, because we are so feeding our flesh all the time, and we need to do that, food is a gift from God. And so, because we do that all the time, we don't actually feel the spiritual hunger. A lot of times when I would uh, go through, you know, the fasting Isaiah, I would actually, would hear the Lord remind me, and He said that the way your body right now aches, the way your body craves, your stomach growls, and the the, the, the way you're just, you're like, you're hungry he says, that's exactly how your spirit is every single day. When it's malnourished. When it's literally, I don't have time to read the Bible today. I don't have time to pray. Your spirit is literally craving. That's why David says, my soul yearns for God. There's a, there's a cry, but we don't hear it. Why? Because we numb the spirit, man. The second thing I want to mention about fasting is fasting will result in favor. Because biblical fasting is always about self-humbling. If you want more favor of God in your life, I want to encourage you to go into fasting. Not as a, hey, I'm going to fast and God's going to give me favor. But I'm going to fast because I'm going to humble myself. And through humility, God extends grace and grace is unmerited favor. Number three is fasting is like a faucet through which the power flow. The power doesn't come from fasting. The power comes through fasting. The power comes from God. The power comes from the Holy Spirit. The power comes, God is the source of power. There's no power in fasting. Like religious people fast. Muslim people fast for a month of Ramadan. You know, Catholics uh, fast. We know that Jewish people fasted. We know right now I saw an article, 25 evangelicals decided to do a hunger strike uh, to change some stuff with voting in the United States. There are people in India that fasted against the evil regime and they fasted as.